welcome back to power and consequence we are your hosts i am matt and okay i gotta get him out of here <laughs> okay one sec <laughs> that didn't take long and me i got like two seconds into the intro <laughs> love you babe <clears throat> okay let's try that one again Welcome back to Power and Consequence. We are your hosts. I am Matt, and joining me again is Jelani. What is up, dude? Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm sure we're all very pleased. I managed to sort of con you into uh, continuing to join me week after week as we do this. Um, and yes, this is a podcast about liars, grifters, propagandists, and demagogues, and anyone else who's profiting from people's refusal to, well, read past the headline. Uh, so today we are discussing the results of the Arizona election audit of Maricopa County by the Cyber Ninjas. If you think this uh, grift is settled for the GOP, then you have not been paying attention. Uh, the goalposts have once again been moved, and we're going to trace the sort of the evolution of the story as it traveled from mainstream news to alternative news to right-wing shit posters. Um, but we'll get into all that uh, real quick. I'm if you like the show, uh, what's up? I said, I'm excited about this one today. Uh, this one's going to run a little long, so I hope you can stay excited. I'm going to try to keep this engaging for you, dude, and for all of you listening. Um, right. re real quick, if you like the show and what we do, feel free to follow the show on Twitter at ConsequencePod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at StopTalkingMatt. And do us a favor and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Maybe share a link to the show with others you think uh, might be into the conversation. Okay, before we dig in, uh, Jay, how is the world looking to you, man? Just in general, like, you know, no no orange skies from <laughs> from wildfires. Oh, that was brutal last year, yeah. <laughs> Christ. I, do, uh, do, do you remember? I remember waking up at like 11 a.m. that day, and it was dark, and I get outside, and it's like literally like dusk, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it is the apocalypse. Yeah. I think I had some early meetings that day and I thought I woke up too early uh, because of how dark it was, <laughs> um, but I was actually up just in time. And so it was very interesting and yeah, it just didn't get any brighter for uh, a good or the entire day. So it was very interesting. Did you guys manage to actually talk about business? Cause I would have been like, dude, what the fuck is up with this guy? Like you couldn't have put me on track for that. Yeah, that's kind of the normal human thing. Like you, you make fun of it, you make light of it, and then you act like it's not gonna gonna have an effect on your life, and you keep pushing forward. <laughs> I, and I think we've sort of inadvertently kind of discovered a metaphor for kind of what we're about to discuss today, uh, which like is this it. whole yeah, this whole audit business. Um, well, I mean, hell, let's just get right into it because we got a lot to to get through. Um. We are the this uh, election audit. It was done by the Cyber Ninjas. So I guess we will be their foil. We will samurai or internet samurai this shit. Maybe I don't know. No, it's not going to catch uh, on. All right, we'll, we'll edit that out. 
<laughs> so, uh, as some of you listening may know, probably, uh, the Arizona State Senate Republicans set in motion an audit of election results in Maricopa County for the 2020 presidential election earlier this year. Biden won Maricopa by a little more than 45,000 votes and won the state of Arizona by roughly 10,400 votes, give or take. So, the results, the big numbers, right? Um, we're all pretty much aware of this. Uh, 99 additional votes found for Biden and 261 fewer votes for Trump. Uh, and that's what six million bucks gets you, apparently. But we got you beat, Arizona, because we spent 276 million on our uh, recall election. So there you go. Still number one. Um, so, Jay, have you read and you, you've sent me a couple articles, right? I know you, you linked one about the, the Trump rally where he kind of commented on on his interpretation of the results. Yeah, he just basically lied and <laughs> said that they found <laughs> it in his favor. Um, so I just I thought that was very interesting. And not just that, just the crowd, as usual, is just always cheering him on. Uh, and they have to know that he was also lying. Or maybe they just don't care and just want to hear him speak. And and that's kind of where I wonder about the whole groupthink and the cognitive dissonance. I honestly don't know if they know that he's lying or if they're they there's I I don't know what to think of this. It's like is it like a groupthink mentality of like whatever else we might believe is real, this is our vehicle towards like mobilizing people to like vote these guys into office. Like I, I don't think it even matters at this point to them, yeah, to most of them. I, I don't think it does. And to be honest, it's probably a little bit of both. There's probably people who know he's lying and just key in on the facts that, that as they see it, uh, that matter to them. The and, alternative facts. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, people who purposely don't pay attention to the news sources that are actually uh, have, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a a long-lasting uh, line of credentials is what I'm trying to say. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like, like they they have the a history. To, yeah, yeah, the tried and true news sources. They have a history um, of like trying to have some type of journalistic integrity, you know? Exactly. Or at the very least, doing their best not to get sued. I think that's the line at this point, you know, which is what this election has taught us. That we've set the bar very low. <laughs> and it's funny you bring that up because, you know, the interpretation of the results, depending on which uh, news outlet is reporting, is pretty much exactly what we're going to go over. Um, because, like I said, you know, the big number, as far as any rational human was concerned, and any thing that you could consider mainstream news was the difference in uh, a net positive difference for Biden, albeit only by about 300 something votes. But, uh, you know, even Fox News, uh, their biggest demagogues, as far as I know, as of yesterday, Carlson, Ingram, Hannity, they had like nothing to say about this because there is nothing to say about this. Right. But not surprising there. I know. Right. I mean, you figure like and that's kind of the biggest tell, like if there was something to dunk on about the election results, they would absolutely go for it. You know, like even the smallest bit of smoke. But, I don't know. However, 
far-right pundits, conspiracy theorists, and some elected officials and would-be elected officials are accusing the mainstream media of ignoring the important numbers. Um, many of these people are touting the audit known as the fraudit by some uh, as proof positive that there was fraud or at least justification to audit the rest of Arizona and perhaps all 50 states to root out election integrity problems, maybe uh, turn over the results for criminal prosecution and uh, just all kinds of stuff. Like, I promise they, they, they are guaranteeing that this will get way out of hand so we're just gonna we're gonna stay in the mainstream for now all right so we're gonna we're gonna do uh kind of what we did last week where we're gonna go down several levels here and i'm gonna sort of like try to slowly introduce jay into what i'm talking about here because jay you probably don't really habitually watch like bit shoot and rumble videos is my guess I have no clue what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that's what I like to hear. All right, well, let's just let's just get right into it. So I want to take a minute uh, to talk about Karen Fan, uh, Arizona State Senator Karen Fan. She is the uh, State Senate President, uh, represents District 1, a Republican, and let's see, following the uh, presentation of the results last Friday, right, Fan, who's been w- kind of leading the charge on this audit, uh, she reiterated her position in a press conference that this was not about decertifying the results of the presidential election, but rather it was an exercise in identifying vulnerabilities in the voting process, right? Which, I, okay. Uh, so this is a clip from her press conference following the presentation, right? In which Fan kind of sets the narrative for all the conspiracy theorists and the MAGA rage. Thanks, Barb. So um, if any of you know me, I have never said the word fraud since day one, because you don't say fraud unless you can prove it. And you can't <laughs> prove it just by doing an audit. Fraud is, is uh, intentional malfeasance, um, intentional actions. We can't prove that there were intentional actions that caused these problems. What we do know is that there were problems and they need to be fixed. It is up to the Attorney General's office to ensure that statutes are followed. That's his job, so therefore he can decide whether there is anything improper that needs to be investigated. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I see you have thoughts. You have thoughts I, on this. I just have one simple question. Go. If you can't prove fraud through the audit, then why are we doing the audit? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For as far as anyone is concerned, this to me, it's like it's it's one thing. You're adding fuel to the fire for the, you know, stop the steal um, conspiracy crowd, which is a.k.a. Trump's base, you know, uh, and fan is sort of like she's trying to represent like the more rational side and give herself as much as anyone can political cover for what's going on. Okay, so um, they actually, the the Senate Republicans actually um, sent a letter to Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who, by the way, is also going to be running for uh, U.S. Senate next year. So that's going to be fun. Um, I linked it in the show notes. Um, read the letter for yourself. It's very short. It's like the cover letter that includes like the report released by the Cyber Ninjas last Friday. Okay, so at no point uh, in that letter does it list specific allegations of fraud. Rather, it lists areas where the election process can be more "quote unquote" secure. 
Um, a couple of parts are pretty hilarious because it mentions that, you know, uh, our elections are too important to be trusted to like private entities. But the cyber ninjas like went through the election machines and now Maricopa County can't use them. So I got to spend a shitload of money because the cyber ninjas broke them effectively. So that's fun. But I mean, I saw your I saw your face, Jay, when she was talking about it's not about fraud. She's making that distinction. Right. So I looked at fans claim about not using the word fraud, at least publicly. All right. Now, more or less, that's true in the most technical sense. She doesn't really use the word fraud. Okay. And that kind of leads into another thing. She, she, there's another term that is being used. Uh, Jay, are you familiar with people talking about election integrity versus fraud? Yes. Yes. So it's the idea that um, the system itself is vulnerable to things that may or may not have happened, but certainly could happen. And we need to find out if they did happen or if they'll happen in the future. It's, you know, this one's been thrown around a lot. And the more I hear proponents talking about that one, I that makes me think about uh, white parents in the 20th century discussing school busing. Uh, as a sort of a thinly veiled argument against basically integrating the schools, like school choice in the mid 20th mm-hmm. century. It's just a euphemism. They just, they're trying to look for cover to call it anything than what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so this, this thing with fan kind of sent me down a sidetrack and I want to look into it because I feel like this helps fill in the background and provide a better understanding for what's at play here. Okay. So we're going to spend a little time on her and just her in general. And I kind of did this by accident because what's fun about fan is that the messaging changes depending on the platform. All right. Which is kind of what this is all about. So for example, if one were to mosey on to Karen fans, uh, Twitter page, they may stumble across a tweet from August 5th of this year. And I want to spend a little time on this to demonstrate the intersection of conspiracy theorists and elected officials like fan who distance themselves enough to have plausible deniability of this goddamn nonsense. So I'm going to quote this tweet uh, as a little typo here, but this is all her uh, in this tweet fan wrote quote, election integrity should is a bipartisan issue. Let's work together to make sure every election is fair and honest. Now, in and of itself, okay, fine. But, Jay, what if I told you that that tweet includes a link to BitChute, which is a video hosting platform that is like, like, if if YouTube had like a cousin that just got drunk at every party and just wasn't <laughs> invited to family <laughs> gatherings anymore, that's BitChute. Oh, uh, yeah. sounds awesome. I can yeah. think of three other services that are kind of similar mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah the video that is linked in that tweet is titled not much more to say here they indict themselves so considering that fan is a republican who's trying to say that everything's above board and this isn't about um overturning an election right would it surprise you if i told you that that video that she linked in her twitter was basically just a supercut of propaganda in the form of republic uh excuse me democrats taken out of context as they talked about election integrity not at all and and i just want to interject here uh local elections matter so much uh and people often don't pay attention i've personally been one to vote in every election i've been able to vote in ever since i was 18 years old like every year i look up these people um, because yeah, like it's it's odd that your local officials can believe in 
all these <laughs> conspiracy theories and, and go on these offshoot uh, websites to look up the, the information that they think is true. Yeah, I mean, don't isn't it just so quaint that we were just talking about how Larry Elder might be California's biggest problem? You know, I, I yeah. just, he he's got nothing on these people. And then, like, you know, we <laughs> we we talked about Rachel Ham, right? The one who's like she 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 talks to God, and God told her to run for California Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, she's only got like a thousand Twitter followers and one dumbass book. So, crossing my fingers, she doesn't she doesn't pick up any more traction. But whatever. So, ah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of that, uh, bit shoot video, the, uh, account that posts, uh, posted it before I even get to it. Uh, other videos on that account include people talking about Satanism, anti-vax garbage, and similar bullshit, mostly about like Democrats being in some type of, uh, secret satanic pedophilia cabal. So like Q stuff. Okay. She, she linked a Q account to her Twitter and, uh, she didn't even realize it. So that's fun. So uh, I watched the video. It's about two minutes. Uh, it is a cut, a super cut of Democratic senators and re- uh, representatives ostensibly talking about voting machines. So I'm just going to give you a real quick sample right here. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. Yeah, so it just goes on like that. So, I mean, what's your, that's the tone. So what's your takeaway? Like, you're watching this. Presume you could actually see them uh, talking on the House floor. Uh, I don't know. For me, uh it sounds like a couple people may have been taken out of context. Um, or or all sound, of them. <laughs> and, and yeah, like it, it just sounds like the information is being twisted to form a narrative that just basically progresses her agenda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. And uh, if you watch the video, you will see that virtually every speaker is a Democrat. I looked up several of these videos. And by the way, almost all of them are people speaking like in in upper or lower chambers, which means they're all available on C-SPAN, by the way. And uh, what's funny here is a lot of these speakers are talking about election integrity uh, or excuse me, election security against the backdrop of Russian election meddling in the 2016 election and protecting against similar hacks in the future. Uh, similar hacking campaigns, by the way, led to the release of uh, John Podesta's emails, which by WikiLeaks, which in turn led to Pizzagate. So, which is kind of like the forebear of uh, QAnon. So that's that's fun. So, let's look at a couple of these real quick. All right. So in that first, in that little snippet I played, uh, there was this part. You remember this? The workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Right. That's only a few seconds. Okay. 
So that was California U.S. Representative Ted Lieu speaking at a hearing on cybersecurity on September 29th, 2016. Lieu is in the middle of a line of questioning regarding concern of election security. So for those who forgot, Russian operatives were implicated in hacks of the uh, Democratic National Convention and uh, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, known as DCCC in 2015 and 2016. So this was around the time uh, Trump stood in front of a lectern and asked Russia to find the Clinton emails. All right. So here's a longer clip that uh, gives the missing context of what he was, uh, what he was talking about. Uh, as a uh, recovering computer science major, I keep in mind that folks hacked computers well before the existence of the internet. And we've had troubling reports of how these voting machines can be hacked quite easily. Um, and Mr. Apple, you yourself hacked a voting machine. Are you aware of Symantec also hacking voting machines? Of who? Symantec Corporation. Um, no. For research purposes. No, but... Okay, then let me, let me just put this in for the record so people understand. So there was a Bloomberg article dated September 19th saying states ask feds for cybersecurity scans following election hacking threats. I'm just going to read this. Uh, in a recent simulation, Symantec Corporation said its workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes as well as change the volume of data, said Samir Kapuria, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Symantec Cybersecurity Group. And Mr. Chair, if I could enter this into the record. So Lou is quoting uh, from a Bloomberg article describing a hack of election machines done by a company for research purposes during a simulation. Little different, huh? That, that's such a slimy move. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I wouldn't be surprised if she herself isn't aware. Like, you know, that's often the problem. They don't go and do any digging. They just hear what they want to hear and present it for it because they know that's what other people want to hear. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the, and it, it'll be funnier. It'll be more interesting when I, when I get to the end of this video. So that, that's uh, just bear with me. Okay. So just keep in mind that again, this is Karen fan who is supposedly the level headed rational one. Okay. Linking this video. All right. So back to that first snippet of the uh, super cut. Uh, how about this one? Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. All right, so that was 10 seconds, and that was a clip from U.S. Representative Zoe Lofgren uh, speaking in the House chamber on June 27, 2019, during debate of H.R. 2722, known as the Securing America's Federal Election Act, or the SAFE Act. Uh, its purpose was to actually help localities upgrade obsolete voting equipment, enhance cybersecurity against bad actors, require paper ballot backups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was set up in the form of like, you know, grants, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Um, and it passed the House barely along party lines. Only one Republican voted for that because, again, they... They, it was, you know, very partisan, and they believe that by voting for it, they're kind of acknowledging that the Russians uh, interfered in our election and therefore maybe helped Donald Trump. But anyways, so... 
<laughs> here's a uh, here's a longer version of that segment again for the uh, missing context. In at least 40 states, elections are carried out using machines that are at least a decade old, and like any technology, they're susceptible to increasing failure with age. One witness is at our election security hearing, Lawrence Norton of the Brennan Center for Justice at NYU School of Law, explained that some state officials have had to turn to eBay to find critical components like dot matrix printers, decades-old storage devices, and analog modems. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software, like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. This bill addresses many other cybersecurity best practices besides paper-based systems. Uh, the bill in Section 111 authorizes a $600 million election assistance commission grant program to assist states in securing election infrastructure. Yeah, you get the idea. Uh, like I said, H.R. 2722 passed the House um, with all but one Republican voting against it, and it subsequently died without a vote in the Senate. Um, I mean, so Jay, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you, you work closer, way closer to tech than I do. Um, I, I mean, Some might say. right. One might say that, which is to say, I know nothing and it's your specialty. So I, I mean, is there, you know, a vulnerability that what they're talking about, like cybersecurity infrastructure, things like that. I mean, just, I mean, from your sort of expertise and your, your knowledge from your craft, I mean, does that seem unreasonable what they were talking about there? Uh, no, not in the least. Um, so like pretty much as she mentioned, um, all software has a life cycle. Um, and all the major companies who make software always get to a point where they stop supporting whatever software that they build. Um, and so, yeah, like she's correct that if you continue to use this old computer and don't upgrade the software on it, uh, and it's no longer supported by whatever company, design that software then technically by default uh, it's more open and, and vulnerable because people can figure out holes and then no one's there to fix these holes in the system yeah i mean i you know to to put in to i relate that in terms that my my layperson's mind can understand it's why people tell me it's so important to like make sure i'm updating my my iphone ios software or whatever like they're updating from a bug and uh, i hear windows xp i'm like wasn't that like fucking 2000 or something like that <sighs> like that oh windows. that that operating system sucked when it was state-of-the-art at least as far as microsoft was concerned but yeah and it, and it had a very very long tenure as an os particularly because so many businesses adopted it and it's so expensive to go and roll up to whatever new version of windows it is and on top of that the version of Windows that came out to replace that, uh, it wasn't well received by the masses. So you're not talking about Vista, are you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I was trying to be politically correct and not name <laughs> things, um, but yes, uh, there's Vista and even uh, Windows Seven. Uh, it still wasn't well received when when they were released. So I guess what I'm getting at here is, in your opinion, is there like an is there a non-political good reason to vote against um, upgrading software and hardware as it relates to election and cybersecurity infrastructure? Is there like a practical reason someone would be against this? 
non-politically um, yeah non-politically if you're cheap <laughs> <laughs> uh so the big thing about vulnerability is that you know once one is discovered uh technically the information is there out in the world and especially now in the internet age uh it gets posted on some forum or some website and now the entire planet can potentially know about this vulnerability and so yeah to to be against that is completely impractical (laughs) (laughs) well uh just as long as uh just as long as there's that okay well that that's fucking frightening okay so yeah all right i want to do one more um and thank you for that tech lesson for myself and all of our listeners um the so this is the last part of the video okay and uh, it starts with Ted Lu speaking at another portion of the hearing, right? And then it abruptly cuts to another speaker. Get that. In a close present election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. That's the last voice you hear on the clip. Okay, do you recognize that? I don't. Okay, uh, that that's Amy Klobuchar, U.S. Senator from Minnesota since 2007. I mean, I have mixed feelings about her as a politician, but in any case, that was like f- four seconds, right? So, mm-hmm. surprise, surprise. Uh, her concern is taken out of context. That tiny clip is from a six-minute segment from Meet the Press on August 5th of 2018. Klobuchar and Chuck Todd are, talk- are discussing uh, increased funding for states to once again, help improve election security. Um, the, she boasted that uh, the that Congress managed to send an emergency $380 million uh, to, the, to various states. Uh, it turns out, actually, they only spent about 8% of that $380 million before the midterm elections that year. Uh, and uh, the concern of future attacks by outside forces were also discussed. So here is a longer clip uh, with those comments for context, once again. So Todd plays a clip of former director of national intelligence dan coates speaking about cybersecurity relating to future elections and then gets klobuchar's uh response let me uh get you to respond to something uh the director of national intelligence dan coates said about this election take a listen senator our focus here today is simply to tell the american people we acknowledge the threat it is real it is continuing and we're doing everything we can to have a legitimate election that the american people can have trust in senator i have to say it's that last phrase that that sort of sent a little bit of a shiver down my sign where we we so that we can have a legitimate election it wasn't a guarantee yet how confident are you that the 2018 midterm elections are going to be legitimate i'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through you have 21 states that were hacked into they didn't find out about it for a year and that's one of the reasons that we want to pass our bill so that 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 there's now a requirement that they tell the individual secretary of states immediately so they can protect themselves and i think you also have the fact that you've got the president undermining this on national tv still after his security people general uh, nakasone that they go in front of the world and they say this is happening he says that night at a rally in pennsylvania that it's a hoax so that concerns me but at the same time there are some very good people working on it i'd love to see this broadened out so we start to discuss also the threats to our power grid system yeah. uh, the threats to our financial system because the russians aren't just stopping at the election equipment 
how right she is because uh you know in the future we now know that there have been more than a few foreign groups that have pulled off uh hacks of utility companies demanding ransoms uh, i think there was a gas company a natural gas company i mean it, it's just it, it it was fairly obvious then it was obvious before then um and i'm pretty sure that bill was also defeated too like additional funding was not awarded so that's nice um yeah so so that was the last part so uh, what uh, keep in mind again this is this is fan trying to be the reasonable logical person and she links that video but the video itself i feel like it kind of speaks for itself you know this this to me seems like classic schoolyard bullying um they're just changing the rules <laughs> as they see fit so when the other side wins oh we need to go and check the election and check all the machines and audit things but when they won oh this isn't an issue what are you talking about uh and it just it just doesn't add up in the most simplest form. <laughs> yeah, and what really kills me is that in in the case of 2016, it, it, you know, the, the question that was never, or, you know, the thing that was never proven, I mean, which is to say they didn't find evidence, was evidence of collusion, direct collusion between the Trump camp and the Russians, whatever else we may think. But it was never called into question whether or not the Russians meddled in our election. That's the difference between then and now. So it's already a false analogy to try to put up uh, Democratic elected officials' concerns about more hacking versus Republicans talking about election fraud, which, I mean, you know, how many fucking um, failed um, lawsuits later have found zero evidence of any meaningful uh, fraud? You know, it's just it's, it's nonsense on the face of it. Sounds like a big, fat, false equivalence. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. But we're not going to let uh, truth and logic get in our way today, Jay, because we are, we're just getting started on that video. Because the best part about that video is that it's only two minutes long, but it includes a website URL at the end, fundtheaudit.com. What do you think that's about? That cold, hard cash. That money. That money. Get that paper. You damn right. So that website accepts donations to, well, fund the election audit. Um, it is the product of the AmericaProject.com. That, it, now stay with me on this, okay? <laughs> I kind of went down the rabbit hole here. Fund the, uh, excuse me, the AmericaProject.com. That is a Florida-based nonprofit of uh, Patrick Byrne. The former Overstock.com CEO, Trumpist conspiracy theorist, and disgraced former um, executive who had to step down because he was romantically linked to Maria Butina, who was kind of involved in Russian espionage. So I don't know if you remember that story from a couple years back. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, I don't remember all the details, but uh, it definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, Maria Butina was a kind of she. Uh, she was like a student in Washington, rubbing elbows with some power types, romantically linked to Patrick Byrne, and she was making moves and inroads on behalf of Russia with uh, American um, entities. And the only thing that um, the government could actually convict her of was basically being a lobbyist for a foreign power without registering. You know, it's like getting Capone on his tax returns effectively 
So, you know, he had to step down as CEO of Overstock uh, after those revelations came uh, sort of to the surface. And more recently, Byrne is also being sued by Dominion for defamation regarding alleged misinformation disseminated regarding the 2020 presidential election. So he's also being sued for $1.6 billion. So that's fun. <sighs> so that nonprofit, by the way, um, the America Project, that gave millions of dollars to the Florida-based Cyber Ninjas, the company that conducted the Arizona audit. You still with me here? Tracking. Yep. All right. Now, if you go to America Project website, you see a bunch of clips. It's Burn and other people trading conspiracy theories mostly. All right. But then there's a link offering uh, screenings of a certain film. That film is called The Deep Rig. And it's not about offshore drilling. That's not very catchy. They need to work on that. <laughs> The Deep Rig. Uh, it premiered in June, and it's apparently riddled with conspiracy theories about how the election was stolen, right? We're talking deep state, Illuminati, anti-Semitic type shit. Um, uh, reportedly, I haven't watched it myself, but enough critics have sort of covered this. Um, and there's one person speaking in the film who goes by the name of Doug Logan. Do you know who Doug Logan is? No, that name I've never heard before. Doug Logan is a CEO of Cyber Ninjas. Ah. Ah, so we've come full circle. Yes, yes. So, let's recap. Karen Fan, uh, Arizona State Senate President, uh, who insists that this audit isn't about discovering fraud, then posts links to videos implying fraud connected to a man who's effectively declaring the election was fraudulent in a quote-unquote documentary, and that man gave millions of dollars to the Cyber Ninjas who are conducting the audit, and the Cyber Ninjas CEO appears in the documentary. So Sounds like one big circle grift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least try not to make it quite so obvious. You know, I, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> I need a drink. This, this, this episode is not brought to you by Dragon's Milk, bourbon barrel aged stout, 11% alcohol by volume, and God, I need it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, how are we doing so far, Jay? How, how, how are we feeling with the, the, the level of, of integrity surrounding election integrity? Um, like I said, I, I think we have a big uh, circle grift going on here. <laughs> Next thing we find out that uh, our, our friend in Arizona is directly linked, like maybe someone's sliding a paycheck under her desk. Maybe. But that's conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, 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 well, 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 fortunately, Jay, you are in the right place because now we're going to get it to the fun part. I wanted to get through that just to prove that, just to show that even even the supposedly um, level-headed parts of this 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 nonsense are also probably batshit. I know that term's not in the DSM five, but whatever. That's what I'm going with. She's batshit. So, even the least crazy one of the bunch is connected to conspiracy theorists and grifters. Now, let's get back to that audit report. Uh, now, as we said, the main takeaway, right, is Biden was obviously still the winner with a small net gain of a few hundred votes. Uh, even Fox News left it at that 
for the most part. And fortunately for us, though, uh, other news outlets uh, had a different take. Um, what do you think our good friends at OAN had to say immediately following this presentation? Uh, my initial guess is that they're just going to try and <laughs> poke holes in the, in the audit as a whole. Uh, but uh, I, I'm very far removed from OAN, so I, I have no clue. <laughs> Well, let's see what Christina Bob, uh, correspondent on the ground for OAN, had to say. Take it away, Christina. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, misinformation and pieces floating around earlier today and last night. The key takeaways from the hearing today, looking at my notes, there were more than 255,000 early votes shown in the county's final vote that did not have a corresponding early voting entry, meaning they didn't have that record, but yet there was 255,000 ballots. That is a lot of ballots. It's a lot of ballots. That's so many ballots, man. So can we can we just break down what Miss Two First Names just said? <laughs> she so, said two hundred fifty-five thousand early votes, but we don't know that they're early votes. Votes? Uh, no, I'm they. To, I'm the, very... <laughs> so there's been a that number's changed a lot over the couple, last couple of months. Okay, just just strap in. So the 255,000 discrepancies or whatever, right? Sometimes it's more. Months ago, Liz Harrington, who's a, uh, a spokesperson for Donald Trump, was promoting a video on social media that claimed the audit showed 275,000 problem ballots, okay? So this is the fun part here, is that depending on which grifter you listen to, the number always changes slightly, all right? And... <laughs> I'm not quite sure how she got that total. I didn't watch the whole three-hour presentation because it's fucking boring. Um, but needless to say, that's like the biggest number that she, excuse me, that she came up with. And mind you, this is like a—I think this is like the same day as the uh, as the election, th- uh, or excuse me, as the audit results were released. Okay, so I didn't know what that title was, but fortunately for us. Christina Bob took notes, so she is going to break down what, you know, she she noticed from the presentation. So first up, all right, we have people who moved and should not vote. Uh, there were also over 23,000 who voted by mail after moving, after the, the cutoff, so they no longer lived in the state or in the county. Okay, so... That's so what I'm doing, I, I'm just, she just kept going on and on. I'm just cutting it into little segments here. Um, I listed in the show notes. You can watch it in entirety. Uh, you see that I did not take her out of context. So first of all, we've got people who moved and should not have voted. Um, fortunately, uh, Maricopa County itself responded to this via our greatest uh, information dissemination platform, Twitter, and explained what the fuck is going on. So Maricopa county says that uh, basically election state election law allows for military members and persons overseas to cast a federal only ballot and that that ballot will be tied to their last stateside address which in this case was maricopa county also the law allows for people to move in october or november of the election year even out of the state and they can still cast their vote via absentee ballot so had you know the cyber ninjas bothered to ask they could have gotten that answer but whatever so next up what do we got we've got uh the double votes 
Uh, there were 200, I'm sorry, there were 23,000 voters uh, who had cast double votes. Double votes, Jay. Double motherfucking votes. I'm just waiting to find out what exactly that means. Do you, do you double vote, Jay? Uh, <laughs> uh, does that mean vote in my heart and my mind? <laughs> Vote once for your once for Trump and once for Jesus. I think that's what Christina Bob wants. No, so this one's really easy too, um, according to Maricopa County. Um, and I, just be clear, I believe what Bob is referring to is Doug Logan's claim that roughly ten thousand people voted in multiple counties. I think that's what she's getting at. And if she is, Maricopa County explained that one too. So that number is a misrepresentation. Uh, Cyber Ninjas found voters effectively with the same name and birth year, not birthday, in multiple counties, and assumed that those are the same people. However, there are 7 million people in Arizona. Uh, Maricopa County Election Board even gave an example. They gave an actual name and said this name with this birth year, uh, you know, is found 12 times in the state of Arizona, and that's only one person. So the odds that 10,000 people voted twice in two different um, districts is fucking asinine. So, yeah. So that that's nice. I can imagine that someone named Christina Bob doesn't know what it's like to share a name with other people in, in the planet. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to Google that shit. I'm going to find her birth year. I'm not going to dox her, but I'm going to find it. That would be really funny. That would be a good experiment if she'd bothered to ask. Huh. So, next up, uh, what do you got for us, Christina? We've got too many ballots received. There were 9,000 more mail-in ballots were received and recorded than the official number of mail-in ballots. Oh no, too many ballots received, except... According to Maricopa County, this claim is due to another lack of understanding by the Cyber Ninjas, who, by the way, have never conducted this type of audit before in the history of their company. This is a first for them. So that number came from EV33 files, which are basically digital records of ballots and ballot envelopes. And this comes from a process called ballot curing. I don't know if you're familiar with this. 21 states have uh, laws to allow you to cure an absentee ballot. Basically, if a ballot comes in without a signature uh, or there's a problem with the signature, the original, quote, returned ballot is entered digitally right into that file. And then the voter is contacted per state law and notified of the problem. And the second ballot is fixed and is also entered, okay? This doesn't mean that the ballot is counted twice. It's just a before and after picture, effectively. And if the Cyber Ninjas, once again, had asked Maricopa County about this, they would have given them that answer immediately, but they didn't never actually ask them. So, yeah. I feel like Cyber Ninjas are disgracing the ninja name. (laughs) They're bringing shame to their dojo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so she's 0 for 3. And this, so this is really what um, right-wing, ultra-right-wing um, propaganda machines and conspiracy theorists, this is what they're focusing on. These numbers that basically um, the cyber ninjas are like, yeah, this was weird, and Maricopa Co- County responded, that's because you don't understand how this works, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and just real quick, I want to play this last part where Bob is talking about fraud and misrepresenting possible criminal charges. And uh, maybe in the middle, 
the producers of OAN, who are currently being sued, uh, maybe they realize she took it a little too far. There is a lot of indications of fraud, and so that that's the discrepancy, that's the spin on the misinformation. So we need to see what comes of it, but there, there was a lot of information that came out today. Now, Christina, does the Senate seem to indicate whether they believe these irregularities are fraud or potential for fraud? There it is. Well, they have specifically said it's potential for fraud, and there are certainly some anomalies that there's really no other way to explain it other than through fraud or some type of misrepresentation. However, fraud is a criminal finding, it is a legal finding, and so that is up to Attorney General uh, Bernovich in order to make that finding. And we know during the hearing, President of the Senate Karen Fan, her office sent the findings to Bernovich's office saying, Basically, balls in your court. We did our investigation. There's more than enough probable cause for you to open a criminal investigation. So, Jay, did you catch what she just did there? No. Like, uh, I don't want to ask you to run it back, but... No, I can run it back. You want to hear it again? No, it was weird. Let's, let's want, run it back. Let's let's, hit, <laughs> let's see that again. All right. So so just I, I I could see your reaction. All right. Just like go again, right? And just I I you will see the moment when when something kind of went wrong here. I think. There is a lot of indications of fraud, and so that that's the discrepancy, that's the spin on the misinformation. So we need to see what comes of it, but there, there was a lot of information that came out today. Now, Christina, does the Senate seem to indicate whether they believe these irregularities are fraud or potential for fraud? Well, they have specifically said it's potential for fraud, and there are certainly some anomalies that there's really no other way to explain it other than through fraud or some type of misrepresentation. However, fraud is a criminal finding, it is a legal finding, and so that is up to Attorney General uh, Bernovich in order to make that <laughs> finding. And we know during the hearing, President of the Senate Karen Fan, her office sent the findings to Bernovich's office saying, Basically, balls in your court. We did our investigation. There's more than enough probable cause for you to open a criminal investigation. Sounds like a, a lot of aspirational thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she just doesn't know what the word potential means. <laughs> or fraud. <laughs> or fraud. I... Cause, cause you heard that, right? Like she's like, there was fraud and her anchor, her guy in studio was like, now was there fraud or potential for fraud? <laughs> Trying to ask that leading question. It's like, for God's sake, man, we're being sued for $1.6 billion. <laughs> and, you know, and, and yeah, that, and it's funny because Bob leads that into kind of leads into the next phase of this bullshit which is now passing all this on to attorney general bernovich okay and basically it's like we're taking the turd out of our pocket and putting it in your pocket so we did our job and maybe there was fraud but maybe not but it's up to you and if you don't do it then you have to answer to the maga crowd you know that's how i take it i take it as she doesn't know what the word potential means <laughs> Yeah, and there's seriously no end to this. Like, it just goes... I, I've scoured uh, a few hours of this shit. It's just on and on with this crap. And as I said earlier, right, as far as the Senate's letter to uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, um, you know, like I said, I read it. Um, it doesn't declare fraud of any kind. It lists five areas where election pro uh, the process can be, quote-unquote, strengthened. Uh, and then it ends with a line about 
things that merit the attention of the AG. And basically, basically what they're saying is, hey, look at it if you want to or don't whatever. We got ours and we have, you know, we, we did our part. Now it's your turn. So I as of today, Brnovich hasn't uh, announced any type of formal investigation. And frankly, I'm not surprised because there's nothing there. So he'd look, he would just look stupid. <laughs> I, I, or maybe he'll do it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he will do it. Uh, Fuck I feel out. like he has more important things to worry about. You would think that, but like I said, he is running for senator in Arizona. Moving forward, right? What did this multi-million-dollar circus do to the future of democracy in the state of Arizona? Well, uh, let's gauge that by taking a look at a reaction from a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, Jay, do you know Carrie Lake? You know who that is? That name does not sound familiar. Don't sweat it. So Carrie Lake is a former Fox 10 reporter uh, based out of Phoenix. Uh, She enjoyed a chummy working relationship with Donald Trump, and she left her job a few months ago, announced her candidacy for uh, governor of Arizona, and she recently received uh, Trump's endorsement for her campaign. So she's riding high, right? So... (laughs) This is her talking to Christina Bob once again um, on the day that the audit uh, presentation uh, was given. And this is her reaction. Such a historic day and really a somber day because we learned that what we kind of already knew, right? Our election was fraudulent. It was corrupted. And my reaction is we have to make this. Sorry, I got to pause that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's Carrie Lake. And she just flat out says it. Right? We're, we're going down a level here. <laughs> she, and, like, at, at least Christina Bob, two first names, was like, you know, maybe kind of, sort of. Carrie Lake is flat out, it was fraudulent. Okay? <laughs> Wait till she finishes. Hold on. Right. We do not move on from this moment. We do not move on from November of 2020 until we make this right. And I know we have some brave lawmakers, the ones who withstood the pressure, that everybody was calling and threatening them, and they did the right thing. They brought us a forensic audit that was run really perfectly. No, I went down and I saw how it was run. I talked to people who were there. And now if we don't do the right thing, and I'm talking about bringing criminal charges where they are due, we will never have a country again. We need to do the right thing right now, and it's a big moment for Mark Burnovich. He wants to run for Senate. I don't think he has a chance. But that's going to be the least of our concerns, politics. If he doesn't do the right thing at this moment and bring up indictments and file criminal charges against the people who were involved in this, then we will not have a state. We will not have a country. That's pretty severe. What's your reaction, Jay? What do you got? My reaction is, uh, okay, the reporter should be like, okay, who should these criminal charges be brought against? But then you (laughs) mentioned it's Christina Bob, so she's not going to ask a logical question. Hey, don't you dare impugn the, the the journalistic integrity of the great Christina Bob. Yeah, I, I but you know, and and you raise a good point is that you know they always say there should be criminal charges, but they always avoid the 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 slander laws by not necessarily saying who should be criminally charged. And like I said, that's this is somebody who is. Oh, and by the way, uh, Carrie Lake in the video. Um, obviously, this is. You know, a podcast, y'all can't see this. But if you, uh, I'll link the video. If you look, you'll see that it, there's at least two dudes um, decked out in full battle rattle 
uh, looking like Marines with uh, rifles standing behind her like her security. And they are not wearing uh, police or military badges. Just for the record. Okay. Um, I wonder who she's afraid of. I mm, Who's to say? So, yeah, never going to have a state or a country. I mean, she's afraid of someone. And, you know, that's another thing. We Jay, we were talking about stochastic terrorism last week. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about. Like, you are, you're, you're turning the heat so far up that, like, logically, anyone who believes everything you say would believe that if, for example, you don't win the election, then we're in an existential crisis. And unless you're suicidal, that means self-defense is warranted, which means, you know, uh, I don't know, violence, something like that, maybe, maybe. So, and, and not just that, the people you're looking up to are look like they're prepared for some major defense, as you mentioned, that she has, you know, two guys wearing full-on military gear. At least uh, two. <laughs> I, oh God, like she, this woman scares me straight up. Um, okay. All right. You ready to go a little deeper? Ready to go a little deeper? Let's go. Let's go. All right. So now we are going to take a trip to Steve Bannon's war room. Oof. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Can I get a drink before we talk about Bannon? Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> go for it. I've been drinking. <laughs> oh God. Do, do you really need one? Uh, yeah. If I can get like two yeah, minutes, do, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go grab it. Go. Right, this break is brought to you by Jelani's Need to Drink Something. There we go. All right, I'm back with a hard seltzer, a lemon hard seltzer. <laughs> Cheers. I'm still working on my uh, dragon's milk. Fortunately, I got the uh, the 22-ounce bottle, so we're, we're feeling real nice today. There we go. Right, so where were we? Right, Steve Bannon. We 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 kind of checked in on him last week. He's he's kind of like my last stop when I do this stuff because the only thing beyond him at that point, really, I mean, is like, well, actually, we are going to go a little beyond him today. But spoiler alert: the only thing behind him is, I guess, like like Infowars, you know. And uh, my favorite podcast, uh, Knowledge Fight, already deals with them, so we'll we'll leave that alone. So okay. Where was I? This uh, dragon's milk is really kicking in. <laughs> Wait, what are you drinking? You drinking a, a hard seltzer? What's that? It is. It's definitely a white claw. Uh, lemon <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of shame, but not a lot of shame. Ah, that's um, all right. The shame only comes from normally I just drink uh, straight alcohol, and so uh, this feels like a cop out <laughs> in my book. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. <laughs> All right. So where were we? You're right. Militia people, Carrie Lake, and she's on Steve Bannon's War Room. Uh, keep in mind that last one was from the 24th, I believe. So this next part, this next clip is from September 29th, uh, if I recall. And the segment opens with Carrie's latest campaign commercial, right? So keep in mind she has just been... Uh, endorsed by donald trump so i mean right out of the gate i mean she is pedal to the metal you president trump i am so honored to receive your endorsement the most powerful endorsement in the history of politics you're a fighter and so am i and like millions of americans president trump has inspired us he's inspired me and made me realize that we don't have to be in the political class or a politician to make a difference We just have to love our country and cherish our Constitution. 
Like me, the people of Arizona are sick of politics as usual. We can't keep electing career politicians, bureaucrats, lobbyists, and lawyers to run the state and then expect different results. We are taking our government back. Our government is supposed to work for us, not against us. And that's why I'm running for governor of Arizona. I am running to root out corruption, reform our elections, secure the border, Wait for and it. drive out woke curriculum, woke culture, and woke politics from our state. Yeah, you are, Carrie. Yeah, you are. You know, I, I have a real <laughs> worry for people like her. Because... Um, you know, I, I really hope that she doesn't win just because of how biased her views are and she doesn't sound very open-minded. And I feel like to lead 7 million people, you need to have a little bit of an open mind. Um, but yeah, like what happens when she loses and she gets cast off into nothingness? Like, does she yep. just go to ranting at, during Thanksgiving dinner? Um, <laughs> Like, does she get angry? Does she just join another grifter? Um, I guess since she has the quote-unquote journalistic experience, uh, will she just join OAN as a correspondent? Uh, it's just, it's very interesting to me. That's all. I, I couldn't picture Thanksgiving with Aunt Carrie, you know? It's just like, yes, yes, Aunt Carrie, I get it. The Jews control everything. Okay, just just go over there. Okay, just uh, Yes. I, I, I honestly wish I could be at that table, um, and the first thing I would do is wear a mask. So I, I, looked, <laughs> I looked her up quickly on Google, and one uh -huh. of the first images that popped up is her stomping on a mask. Oh, at Jesus a Christ. Arizona State University mask protest. <clears throat> a mask protest. I love it. Oh, my God. She's a back the blue person, too. And I just. Mm. I. I uh, anyways. <laughs> so ah, yeah that is just i mean that's too stupid you know also i love how she opened that commercial like you don't have to be elected official right which is why i'm running for office and please give me your money so i was like okay got it i got the grift um okay so as said uh trump has endorsed lake right and uh for as the republican candidate for governor and so she's on Steve Bannon's war room, okay, and Bannon has already spoken to a couple other possible candidates, I think mostly men, right? And this is what's kind of funny here, because in this clip, I can't get help the feeling that uh, Bannon would not be talking to, uh, to Lake if not for uh, Daddy Trump. Okay, Carrie Lake, a uh, former uh, TV anchor out in Phoenix, now running in a very tough Republican primary in the great state of Arizona. The Arizona being the railhead of the 3 November movement, the great patriots out there, uh, got President Trump's uh, endorsement uh, the other day. Um, Carrie, why, why do you think President Trump selected you over these other, uh, over these other uh, pretty prominent candidates? Well, I disagree. I don't think it's going to be a tough race, Steve. I think um, we were already way up in the polls. I mean, now with President Trump's amazing endorsement, we're going to. You don't think you don't think you think you, you don't think it's going to be a tough race against Katie Hobbs against Katie Hobbs. Yes, I meant against my Republican opponents. Oh, I'm talking. I'm, so I'm talking about Katie Hobbs. Polls. Look, look, I, in the primary primary is going to be the primary. I'm talking about Katie Hobbs. Katie, you think it's going to be an easy race against Katie Hobbs? Yeah, to be clear, he did start that question with uh referring to the republican primary as yeah, he, he switched it up on her he did right 
which is hilarious because he he really got angry and and like was trying to stick it to her like oh like and she uh, I guess wouldn't be a tough governor because uh, I would expect someone with gubernatorial hopes to be like listen sir you literally just said the primary yeah uh, I, 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 I I you know it's like look job of the hut in human form okay let me tell you what you just said I no because and you know I wanted to mention that only because it it sort of makes me think about what's fairly obvious of what's going on with people like Steve Bannon like they'll bring on people who are not white cis cis male hetero you know people as props but you could I okay to me I felt like oh god all right Trump endorsed her so i gotta put up with this woman you know and but it it just he couldn't keep the misogyny out of it you know he just he couldn't do it like he was 30 seconds in he couldn't do it (laughs) he had the mansplainer he (laughs) i was just like you realize you're being recorded right steve like i can do the thing that i just did to prove that you just lied to her but and then she took it she didn't even correct him like you said as anyways so, yeah, so Lake responds, right, to, uh, you know, the, the, the whole Republican thing and will she, how will she do against Katie Hobbs? And, um, you know, she maybe is, uh, is getting a, a, a little closer to lawsuit territory. And uh, she's kind of rebooting a, a Republican strategy of recommending that your that your political enemies be criminally prosecuted. So this one is going to be a little long. And here we go. Well, I think Katie Hobbs is going to have a really tough time campaigning from behind bars. To be honest, that's where that woman. Yeah, might that escalated be quickly. In, uh, in short order. You're very, if, by the way, you, you've you've become very you become very Trumpian very quickly. What do you mean, Katie Hobbs is going to be behind bars? Got to pause it there. You know something's up when when um, Steve Bannon interrupts you to say that you're Trumpian. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean, Steve. She's the she's basically the mastermind of the 2020 election here in Arizona. Secretary of State oversees the election. And we know and we saw it proved last Friday when we saw the forensic audit report detailed for us all of the fraud, all of the what appears to be criminal activity. I mean, who goes in the day before and deletes millions of election files the day before the audit is to begin? That is criminal. That's against the law. They broke numerous state laws. They broke numerous election laws. They should have never certified that election. And Katie Hobbs sat there right next to our governor, Doug Ducey, and certified that election. And we're going to find out. We're going to get more information. I'm so excited and so looking forward to getting the analysis of the routers and the analysis of the ballots. We haven't gotten the Uh, pictures of these high resolution pictures of these ballots. I just spoke to someone yesterday, Steve, and I'm sure you've heard this before, who was one of the election workers. And now that the non-disclosure agreement has expired, all of these election workers, the people who were there day in and day out, are free to speak out. And I spoke to one yesterday who saw hundreds upon hundreds of mail-in ballots flash before him. None of them had folds in them. How does a mail-in ballot not have folds in it <laughs> <laughs> very oh, technical man. analysis from carrie lake yeah 
I uh, so uh, that accusation about millions of files being deleted. Where, where mm-hmm. did that come yeah. from? So uh, okay, so this one has been thoroughly debunked already. Uh, let me pull that one up for you real quick. I am. And how is she up. privy to this information? Like, how does she know? Yeah. So she the short. Very, <laughs> very yeah. sure about herself. Yeah. So okay. So basically, here's what happened. Um. Okay. During the audit, uh, during the audit, right? Certain materials were subpoenaed. Okay, to be available to the cyber ninjas. All right, and I, I guess like we need a soundbite whenever you say cyber ninjas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, should it should it literally be cyber ninjas, or should it be something like like mildly kind of stereotypical, like hiya or something like that? I, oh no, no, you, you know what it should be. It should be like um, that white guy in Napoleon Dynamite do, teaching Rex Kwando. You know, it's like yes, forget like about that one. You know. I like, like that. Two seasons in the octagon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, what what uh, what it, what happened was um, you, uh, there was um, voter information that was stored on these machines, and it can't be stored forever because, I mean, as I read, and I'm sure you know better than I do, I mean, there's a finite amount of space on a hard drive, right? It just can't be stored forever. So that information, the data, was backed up onto uh, servers, maybe cloud servers, maybe physical servers, uh, before they were turned over to the cyber ninjas. And so they are, those records are preserved. And those records were never included in the subpoena of records. So um, the cyber ninjas cried foul or people who are in favor of decertifying the election cried foul saying, Hey, what's all this? You guys deleted all this uh, voter information on purpose And Maricopa County calmly responded. No, we didn't. It's preserved as per our statutes and our policies. You guys just never asked for it. That's not our fault. So nothing was actually deleted. It was backed up and then wiped from those machines, but preserved uh, for future inspection. So that's what she's talking about. And uh, also, you know, all of what she was saying, that kind of reminds me of 2020 fraud claims. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like random ass like postal. They weren't even postal workers, but they were like contractors who drove trucks who were swearing that like they they drove ballots from one state to another, you know. So so that last part where she's talking about like, oh, the ballots aren't bent. How Who's ever heard of mail-in ballots that aren't bent or some shit like that? So <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. Here, let me see if I can cue that one up again. The non-disclosure agreement has expired. All of these election workers, the people who were there day in and day out, okay. are free to speak out. Okay. And I spoke to one okay. yesterday who saw hundreds yeah. upon hundreds of mail-in ballots flash before him none of them had folds in them how does a mail-in ballot not have folds in it i mean i don't fucking know i mean what what the hell are you talking about i i I, i'm sorry i just need a moment to laugh um like what the fuck are you talking about I, i i can't be alone in this oh so i yeah People just get fired up and, and they, they look for any little thing that doesn't make sense in their world. <laughs> like the fact that a piece of paper can be unfolded and maybe you can't see the crease anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just I, I don't know what this what's going on, man. Now I want to present someone to you, Jay, who is even nuttier than Carrie Lake. 
How are you ready? ready are they? <laughs> <laughs> so her name is Liz Harris. That now, who is a little bit familiar? Oh, you might know her. So Liz Harris, for those of you who don't remember this, she ran for state Senate in Arizona in 2020, and she lost actually by a respectable margin. It wasn't, it was pretty close. Okay. So, all right, fair enough. So the problem was apparently uh, Liz could, uh, could not handle the fact that she lost. So she began going on the internets, on the interwebs, and she started reading about various like um, uh, voter fraud stories and things like that spent a lot of time on reddit probably and once she realized that it couldn't have been that she you know she lost the election but it was voter fraud she decided to act so what she did was went ahead and did a private citizen canvas of um voters in arizona uh, and she has no formal training, as far as I know, in terms of surveying or canvassing. <laughs> or, I, just, I, I really want to know what neighborhoods Liz <laughs> Harris was walking around in asking who they voted for. I, no, seriously. Could you, could you imagine somebody just rolling up on your doorstep? Be like, hey, hey, who'd you vote for? Tell me. Tell me. Like, who the fuck would answer you? <laughs> So, 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 so Liz releases a report. I'm using air quotes. Uh, It was only 11 pages uh, earlier this year, right? In which she claims there was something like 96,000 ghost votes and something like 170,000 votes that were cast, but were never counted like lost votes. All right. Keep in mind, this is a private citizen acting on her behalf, maybe with a few helpers. So how did she come to this conclusion? Well, it was very scientific. Um, She spoke, her and her followers uh, spoke to less than 5,000 people. Uh, Again, there's 7 million people in the state of Arizona. Uh, I think it was like 4,500. So, um, according to Arizona Central, a uh, local news uh, news outlet, uh, she spoke to less than 5,000 people. She did not follow proper sampling procedures um, when uh, when Arizona Central asked like people who really do this for a living. And the two examples of vacant lot voting were debunked within hours. Jay, do you know what vacant lot voting is? I'm not familiar with vacant lot voting. <laughs> Uh, basically, you've you, gotten you, me uh, quite a few times today. Normally, I, I feel pretty well informed. Oh, but but you're not you 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 don't you don't do what I do with my free time, <laughs> sir. Uh, this is why I drink. So, vac- basically, what it is is um, you there's an address on record for a voter. Uh, you go to the address. It turns out the address is a vacant lot. Nobody really lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long. It's got a long history of. Um, of being like a tool of the voter fraud kind of mythos, uh, mm-hmm. mostly by the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, people don't even live there. It's fake votes, right? So uh, she had two examples, right, of vacant lot voting, right? And they were debunked with one hour, within hours. She showed a picture of one, and then like within an hour, somebody pointed out that like, yeah, you show a picture of a vacant lot, but if you show the Google Earth image, there's like a nine-bedroom house like on the <laughs> other side of the property. <laughs> So, you t- so then she took it down and then showed another uh, property and somebody pointed out, yeah, that's a trailer park and there are two uh, registered voters who live there and two registered votes. And then that one was taken down. So that's two examples. <laughs> so she's 0 for 2. 
So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Harris has refused to turn over the rest of her materials uh, of for inspection by, like, you know, the Secretary of State for Arizona. And again, the released report was only 11 pages, right? So let's go to the big numbers, right? How did she get those big numbers? Well, she did it through extrapolation and hardly an accurate kind. Uh, the 170,000 ish uh missing votes right this is how she did it she spoke her and her followers spoke to 964 registered voters who had uh recorded that they didn't cast a ballot in the 2020 election okay of those 964 voters 334 said they did cast a ballot roughly one-third therefore she extrapolates that to the entire voting population <laughs> and presto we've Makes got a hundred yeah we've got 170 uh potentially missing votes she did something similar with the ghost votes so that's liz harris right and maybe maybe you could say that she's just dumb and maybe not batshit and then i came across something jay I came across uh, a little segment uh, from September 24th. Harris appeared on a web show called Red Pill 78 News. Do you know what the oh, do you know what oh, being red Red Pill Do you know what being red pilled is? Is that like some Matrix shit we're talking about? Yes, yes, it is. And the Wachowski brother, uh, excuse me, the Wachowski sisters fucking hate this. <laughs> i can only imagine <laughs> basically to be red pilled is like ultra right wing code for you've been shown the truth uh if you've been red pilled then you know who's really in charge jay you know it's the deep state slash it's women trying to uh emasculate men slash it's the jews slash it's black people it's the great replacement it's to be red-pilled is to wake up to the truth okay uh, my so favorite every one is the great reset yeah yep yeah, right exactly so um that uh, that web show red pill 78 news is not available on youtube or twitter or discord or facebook but they are on gab and BitChute and rumble so that's nice that's good for them oh, <sighs> <bit> <laughs> uh so liz is talking with the host i don't know his name i don't give a fuck he's a clown and uh you know he gets her take on the audit results okay and right off the bat, we are off the reservation. I understand that you were there today. You were there uh, at the Senate. Uh, you actually saw the presentation. Is that right? Yep, I was there. And some of the information I knew, I mean, I knew from the canvassing, but there was some really powerful information presented, especially with those images where it's pretty clear that it was a Photoshop job. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I thought that was very powerful. I was going to say, uh, you know, if I had to pick like my favorite moments, Dr. Shiva, I thought he made an excellent case. Let's just start right there because it's at the beginning. Yeah, let's start there, Jay. Let's start with the Photoshop <laughs> and Dr. Shiva. You know who Dr. Shiva is? That name once again sounds familiar, but I don't recall. Yeah, to be clear, Dr. Shiva was a person who was involved in an official capacity and uh, tacitly sanctioned by the Arizona Republicans. Okay, just starting there. Dr. Shiva is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. I'm not trying to be disrespectful in that 
case, okay? Uh, he is an MIT-trained, uh, I think, technologist is what he calls himself. He's also a two-time failed political candidate uh, who blamed his last uh, loss in 2020 on ballot destruction. Uh, he's a conspiracy theorist, um... And just kind of an asshole, generally. He tries to defend his use of the N-word. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is he... Yeah, go ahead and look him up. Good. No. He sucks. Is he married to Fran Drescher? What? I didn't know that. Is he really? Yeah. No, he's not. I mean, I don't know if they're still married. Oh, holy shit. Is he really? No. Hold on. I, I'm Googling this shit, too. Oh, my God. I think you're right, dude. Wait, wait, wait. That was in 2014 they got married. Uh, they split in 2016. They were together for two years. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, nice catch, dude. Oh, my God. That's fucking disturbing. Yeah, okay. I was just like, all right. You know, whenever you mention someone I, I don't know, I try to just, you know, try to see the top five things that come up for them on Google and then look at their Google images, see the types of people they hang out with. And yeah, there's five or six images of him and Fran Drescher. And I'm like, geez, so he was married to the nanny. Holy shit. (laughs) Okay. All right. He's a, he's a, he's an a one grifter then. All right. Good for him. Very random. (laughs) Apparently he's also credited as the inventor of email. No, no. So he, he likes to say that he says Uh, that I think is what happens. But he's not really, uh, I don't, uh, once again, I mean, I mean, I don't know all my technology history, but <laughs> maybe he. Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe he did. Maybe he did. You know what's yeah. weird is like um, I was going to blame him for spam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know what's funny is like it, that's a weird in the white supremacy movement. There's a weird like kind of prominence of people who were like technically very proficient, and they turned into racist assholes. Like. I mean, I mean they were probably I, racist assholes from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, tr- no, true, true. I mean, to give an example, the Turner Diaries, which is like um, white supremacy fantasy porn, uh, was written by William Luther Pierce, who I'm pretty sure he was like a fucking physicist or something like that. So he was also a neo-Nazi, but whatever. Where <laughs> um, He's thankfully very much dead, so... Uh, yeah, we, we got off the reservation there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Shiva, uh, former spouse of, of Fran Drescher, uh, and MIT trained technologist and failed would be political, uh, candidate. Uh, he did a, uh, presentation on the duplicate ballot envelope images. Remember we talked about that earlier? Like when you cure a ballot, you know, yeah. uh, some, yeah, you're right. So he, he did that presentation. Okay. And, you know, apparently he had some theory about, ballot signatures that were maybe doctored i don't know through fucking photoshop uh it's a big nothing burger if you know who to ask uh for an explanation and you have any type of rational mind to you so shiva's presentation apparently is enough for the host of this show and for liz harris to insist on decertifying uh arizona's election results outright and this is where harris uh kicks it up a notch we have reason enough to ask for decertification and the people the legislators also in arizona are calling for just that aren't they Uh, some of them are um and i completely agree um yes the uh the images that were clearly um monkeyed around with and you know if they're going to um photoshop or whatever if they're going to modify images 
What's to say that some of the, the ballot envelope images that do have good signatures, that those signatures aren't lifted oh, from yeah. the Department of Motor Vehicles or some other nefarious way of doing that. So, um, right. So we, Dr. Shiva found the obvious. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You, uh, you caught, did you catch that? You can lift a signature from the DMV? Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, so... So what she's saying is Dr. Shiva, uh, Mr. Fran Drescher, <laughs> was saying that, like, maybe some of these signatures on envelopes were doctored. So Liz Harris took it a step further. It's like, yeah, he found the obvious, which is the ones that were obviously doctored. But maybe the ones that there's no evidence that they were doctored, maybe those images were lifted from the DMV. I'm not basing this on anything, but maybe. So I want to walk through (laughs) how that could even be possible (laughs) because just like to me, if that were actually possible, we have a much larger problem. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're worried about voter fraud, but you can just steal signatures from the DMV. Uh, I think we need to look into that. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, and and that's that's sort of Liz Harris's thing. As this goes on, is that she believes that there's like greater forces at work here. You know, she's being very cryptic because I think even she's self aware enough to realize, you know, she doesn't want to give away the whole thing of what she's saying. But yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. She's bases that on nothing. She's got she doesn't even have a fucking anecdote for DMV signatures being lifted. But hey, what's to say, you know, maybe all the signatures are bullshit, you know? So, who's doing this, Jay? Who does Harris think is doing all of this? What do you think? Who's who's stealing the signatures? Who's, the who's maybe stealing signatures and is a uh, systemic, like, committing systemic fraud, as she calls it? it it'd have to be the libs. <laughs> let's find out what do you think what do you think liz so in those instances do you think that it was someone just trying to be cheeky and get an extra vote in or is there some outside entity that is finding signatures or or finding the the names and information of people who are registered to vote and then they're casting multiple ballots for them so i I think there's going to be a small percentage of people trying to be, what was the word used? Cheeky. 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 Okay. I think that, I yeah, think cheeky. that, not, I think that I know that um, there's going to be a small percentage of people who try to cheat the system, but these, this is something that's been going on for decades. Mm-hmm. And I think it's entities. I think it's um, strong fanatical mm-hmm. groups. Um, so I think it's a combination of things. Yeah, yeah, I love so, that. I lo- so cheeky people, entities, <laughs> and strong fanatical groups it's a that have been nice that have occurred of. that have occurred for decades, and they okay. all have access to the DMV. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how do these cheeky people have access to the DMV? Cheeky DMV people. We should have known. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I mean, I don't know what to say. You know what I love about that? She's almost saying like it's the illuminati or it's the new world (laughs) right or it's the new world order or it's the globalists or some anti-semitic nonsense but you can't quite get there you know my thing is the dmv doesn't have access to the dmv (laughs) (laughs) 
Like that—that that is just the worst, the worst hill to die on. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have. I mean, the, at least in California, they haven't upgraded their operating system since like two thousand one. You know, I, I, oh god, and so, anyways, and a, a cheeky, like you know, what I love it? a cheeky. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be you know a, a scamp and break federal law. <laughs> You know, I, I'm going to face years in prison because, you know, own the own the fucking Republicans. I, anyways, so. So, OK, now keep in mind, this interview is during like a live stream. And I guess the people who are in the chat are apparently disappointed in the results of the audit, which is to say people aren't immediately being put in prison. And uh, Harris offers some words of hope to those disappointed people. But, you know, when you look at the canvas and when you look at the some other things that weren't talked about today, which were not right, um, but there is even more damning evidence than what was presented to the population. So for the people who are a little disappointed, I'm just going to say, get your popcorn and keep listening, because I think more stuff is going to drop over the next few days. Get that popcorn. <laughs> so that's that's the culty shit right there. Just like yeah. promising to feed them more. Like, oh, don't worry. I know something you don't. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you in three mm-hmm. days. By the way, visit yeah. my website. And <laughs> yep. Here you go. Go to my Patreon or my PayPal or whatever. You know? Yeah. No, that's absolutely it. It's just this was supposed to be the big moment. And a lot of people who believed in it obviously are like hey man this was the payoff I, what what the hell did i donate my money to the america project for you know what what the fuck is going on you know um and that's the part where like you know it's fun to laugh but there's a part of me that's almost sympathetic to 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 a to a certain degree it's like i think of like QAnon people like i i, I think the whole the whole conspiracy was was laughable and it's sometimes dangerous it scared me um people got hurt people got killed over that shit but at the same time like i wonder like what kind of desperate person buys into this type of thing in the first place like i mm-hmm. i fucking feel bad like shit man like and, you know i <laughs> well that's why i brought up the point about carrie lake i was like okay like she's getting this platform she's getting to say her piece which is all well and good you know free speech or whatever um but right absolutely people are gonna say you're an idiot and then <laughs> you're gonna be talking to a wall and then you get depression and then you go throw firebombs with a handwritten note into uh the dnc office like you, you start to act out basically um because you have no outlet Right, right. And, and 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 that's why I think it's you know, if I can just take a minute, like that that that's really why I think it's good that what we focus on is like the 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 propagandists, not the people, not not like just like dunking on the people who believe in this shit. Like, right. you know, I'm not letting them off the hook, but like, you know, it's just like there's a certain amount of desperation because, you know, if I can get on my soapbox, like we are whatever else we want to say, we are all under the yoke of late capitalism, of systemic racism one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um and the people that profit off that 
you know, and should know better, ought to know better, they're far worse, you know? Like, desperation does horrible things to people. Not to give people a pass, but, like, the people who are profiting off that directly, like Carrie Lake, you know, like Liz Harris to an extent, like Steve Bannon, I mean, they're far, they they deserve far worse in terms of consequences. Just, but anyways, I, I could go on. That and and uh, I'll just quickly highlight that, you know, these past couple of years, has definitely brought about more isolation than is normal in our society. And yeah, people like just end up hooked into these YouTube rabbit holes or what did you call it? Red pill 78. Yeah. Red (laughs) pill 78 news. I I don't know what the 78 is for. Like you, you go and and you find what makes you comfortable. You go and, and find a tribe because you're just sitting at home right now alone. And so, yeah, it's, it's a little bit sad. And uh, I, I just hope people can learn to feel okay with backing off. Like, you know, you don't have to cut and dry, but just like slowly back off and, and open their mind a little bit to other points of view and, and realize that uh, Red Pill 78 News may not be the answer to all your problems. <laughs> no, no, nobody donate to Red Pill 78 News. Yeah, one can hope. One can hope. So, uh, okay. Well, moving on. That's sad. That's sad. Um, you, you know, as far as far as Liz Harris going and talking about, and towards the end, you know, it's like things, new things are going to shake out, right? You know, it's like, stay tuned, everyone. Grab your popcorn. Uh, that interview was on the 24th. You know, we are recording today on the 30th. Nothing new is shake, has shaken shaked out there's 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 nothing new it's it's all bullshit and liz harris has pretty much gone radio silent on social media uh for good reason because she's got nothing so i i want to end this with uh with a little anecdote from liz harris okay that i just i just find this delightful um because uh it's amazing how tone deaf she is and it's either that or this is a flat-out lie but i'm going to take this anecdote for the truth, at least her perspective of the truth. So this is Liz Harris in the pursuit of justice. Okay. And her rationalization for withholding her canvas, uh, receipts so far. Um, everything is supposed to be turned over to attorney general, Mark Burnovich at this point. That's right. My concern, my concern is that he goes after those cheeky people mm-hmm. who individuals that is not who he should be going after he should be going after the organized crime he should be going after the big fish and you know every interview i'm on i make that really clear because there's a lot of criticism well liz why haven't you turned over your canvassing stuff to him yeah yeah she hasn't turned over her report so because she's worried about the cheeky people Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you wonder, maybe wonder what Liz Harris says in response when people say, oh, why haven't you turned over your stuff? Well, it turns out apparently she did try to turn over her stuff. So, well, I actually did go to his office. I talked to a special agent in February and I mentioned a lot of the things we were seeing. My girlfriend was with me, so she's witness to all this. And he gave me his card. He took all my information. There was zero follow up. Yeah, there was. Okay, here's translation. Okay. I, I, I I've known a few 
uh, criminal investigators in my day. And let me let me let me simulate what their response was. It's like okay, they're they're having their coffee. They're they're going through their day, and this random person shows up with her friend in tow and has this fucking proof of like some overarching criminal conspiracy to steal the presidential election. You know, their response was probably like, "Jesus Christ, how can I get this woman out of my fucking office?" I the the sad thing is that probably wasn't the first person there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking. This is if I'm this if I'm this special agent, I'm thinking this is tinfoil hat time. Okay, you know, you're you're another crackpot. What do you got for me? So yeah, I bet there was zero fucking follow up. As it turns out, there is actually more to this story, at least according to Liz. Um, so what's the rest of the story in her pursuit of justice? Are you ready for this? Remember when I said in February I was in Mark Bernovich's special agent's office? I was there with my girlfriend reporting activity that was seen on the cameras that did not look right. Mm -hmm. So, and and, wait, this is really funny. So there were two special agents. My I bet it was fucking funny. Girlfriend and I. And then she said, after this, let's, and we were there for well over an hour. She said, let's go down to the election center after this. So we left. This is kind of funny. We left and we said, um, you know, we just started tr- going home. We forgot. So we were like halfway home, a good 20 minutes. And we turned around and said, you know what? Yeah, let's go to the election center. So we went over to the election center and guess who was there? those two special agents. So they had gotten there to kind of, and it's funny because when we walked in, they were laughing. They were literally standing there laughing with the elections department. So my girlfriend and I, we look at each other and we're like, well, I guess they didn't take us seriously. Mm. Or, you know, things start going through your mind. Are they tipping them off? Like what is happening here? But that was on, I believe like February, I think it was it was a Thursday, whatever that first Thursday in February was. But yeah, I've been involved in uh, more, a little bit more than just the canvassing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what does this lady do for a living? Because she didn't <laughs> win the state representative, right? Yeah, I, I if memory serves, I think she was. Uh... I think she was like a real estate person or something like that. Oh, okay. That explains. I'm just like, how do you have the time to be going around to special agent's office and then standing around watching the audit? Like, like, shouldn't you be doing something better with your life? <laughs> so let's see. She hasn't. Yeah. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's dive into this. Actually. She has an MBA, uh, real estate. Bro- yeah. So she's a real estate broker. Yep. Okay. Oh, so that's what she does. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I love that one. I love that one because, you know, she's just, as I said, she's just so tone deaf, you know? Like, think about it. Like, there's the these agents, if if this is true, right? There's these agents a, are... Oh, yeah. go on, go on. No, I was just saying, if this is true, these agents are standing there with election officials, like, laughing. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, how how narcissistic is that, that everything is about you, first of all? First of That's all. literally what I was about to say. I was about to say that is very, very egocentric that, all right, yeah, you walk up, it's the same two guys. They're laughing. 
Maybe they haven't even noticed you yet. Or maybe they are laughing at you because they're like, hey, this lady was just in my office uh, <laughs> talking about how she has the answer to election fraud with some videos. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's wild. Like, how, how can you be so egocentric to think that everything is about you? I mean, and, and just picture it, Jay. You're a federal agent, right? I mean, you're, you're just you're trying to get in your 20 years to get your pension. Right. And I come in and I'm like, Mr. Mr. Federal agent. OK, I was just in a deep discussion with Red Pill 78 News. <laughs> OK, and we managed to flesh out. All right. One of his one of his one of his fans, you know, Hitler baby 45, you know, gave me this hot tip. You know, it just, it's just like, you can't, like, I don't know what planet these, the, the amount of cognitive dissonance, what planet are you living on where you think anyone's going to take you seriously? You know, I, I just, <sighs> anyways, I just, I thought that was funny and I wanted to end with that because the rest of this was just such a bummer, you know? Um, so I, fuck man, what did we learn? Did we learn anything today? Uh, I guess we learned that having uh, a first name as a last name uh, <laughs> makes you not understand that other people can have the same name as you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, Christina Bob. <laughs> oh, God. Just fucking go, go get a job somewhere else, man. <laughs> fucking Starbucks will... We'll pay for you to go back to grad school, man. I there's no shame in the game, you know. I don't know. I mean, I that so that's the thing. That's the the thing about like sometimes I wonder why I do this as sort of a creative outlet. It's just like the shit just goes on and on and on, and I wonder if there's any use to this. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's why I'm here now for balance. And and I mean, we spoke about it earlier. Uh, you particularly identify the people who were going around asking for money, taking advantage of people, leading people on. Um, and I think that's kind of how you fix this problem. Now, while in general, these people probably just need to be ignored, um, but they're kind of taking care of themselves by going on red pill 78 news. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it's just about just highlighting those people and, and, and saying, Hey, uh, these people either they know what's going on and they're just full of shit or they're kind of too far gone and you really shouldn't be electing them into positions of power anyway because uh, they can't really discern what's real and what's not in the first place. They think two random people laughing means they're laughing at them. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, sh the, dude, Arizona is going to be very interesting in the elections next year. Like, Mark Fincham is running for Arizona Secretary of State. He is like a full-on conspiracy theorist, also endorsed by Trump. Um, I, so I just, ugh, Christ, man, I don't even know what to make of it. The great thing, though, is that humans have a very short memory. <laughs> so you're saying um, I'll forget about all this? I won't feel no, bad not anymore. Not just you, the entire seven million people <laughs> in Arizona, true, uh, will probably fixate on someone three to four months before the actual election takes place, and the people we're hearing about now uh, may be irrelevant. They may be. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, having said that, Arizona is probably more focused on Kirsten Cinema 
at this point because she is a senator from arizona and speaking of conspiracy theories i have one about that we might need to do a whole episode on later wait wait, you gotta give us you know you gotta give us a preview what do you got what do you got i just uh i feel like it's becoming more and more prevalent that especially in you know the purple states or or the recently flipped states that (laughs) um basically there's show candidates there's people who know what to say and do in order to get elected, but they really have no intent to govern in a way uh, that matches what they ran on. Uh, and and Kristen Cinema is a very prime example of that. Um, either that or people who get turned by the money in politics. Um, it, it, it can happen uh, to any side, yeah. Like, like maybe at one, like when they began, they were like, maybe like true to their word. And then they just mm-hmm. did what most of them do, which is become a corporate shill. Mm-hmm. Like uh, money talks in any language. So yeah. God know, damn right. They, they, they might run on this platform. And, and also I think a lot of people misunderstand of how our government works. <laughs> Especially people who don't have a, like a long running uh, a track record of being in politics. Um, they misunderstand how the political system works. Uh, and they think that holding certain positions means that, oh, all of a sudden, like, you're the one writing the law, which means my law is definitely going to get through, blah, blah, blah. And so they kind of uh, go out, make all these promises, and then realize that they can't really do anything without working with literally the 600 other people <laughs> who are in Congress um and then they start to grandstand when they know they have a chance because it's their way of showing that they can affect change in some way oh god all right this is depressing you know what we're gonna do another (laughs) you know because you're right you're dead you're dead on man and and i i feel like i need to watch youtube videos of of puppies for the next 20 minutes so that's that's what I'm going to do. I've depressed myself. <laughs> okay. No, but um, no, I actually, no, on a serious note, I I think it's good that we sort of tackle these types of things. I would hope that our listeners take something from it that, you know, it, it's like, yeah, it's easy to ignore this type of thing, but ignoring this type of thing in part is what led to the ascension of Donald Trump and everybody like him. You know, it's like to a certain extent, we have to sort of confront this, at least it, at the very least acknowledge it. So, you know, I, I, I hope we all take a little meaning from that. Also, I feel like, I mean, we're called power and consequence. We have to have an episode where we talk about people who suffer consequences. <laughs> yeah i mean to me, yeah i mean to me yeah like to me that's the sad part like to to me originally the consequence was like the consequence of of all this propaganda and all this demagoguery like it starts at like you know what we did today like it starts at like mainstream news and then it goes to something like oan or newsmax and then it goes all the way to red pill fucking 78 news like the consequence of all that propaganda is you have motherfuckers out there who are saying this stuff that maybe directly or indirectly lead to people, you know, I don't know, uh, shooting up um, a concert or, or, or a synagogue or a mosque, you know? It's like that's or, the problem. Or firebombing the DNC. <laughs> right, 
exactly. As, how did we forget about that? By the way, we just like there were pipe bombs at the at, at the at the DNC office and the RNC office, and we were just it, like, oh. it wasn't it wasn't a pipe bomb. It was a Molotov cocktail. Oh no, shit. Okay, and, okay. And it was it accompanied with a handwritten note. <laughs> uh, maybe oh. he didn't expect the building to actually burn down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense to put paper near fire but uh he's probably just so angry that he wanted to make a statement make a point fuck it you know and waddle away <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can picture the waddling i'm picturing suspenders too and a trucker hat oh, you know? oh there's there's a video oh is there really yes okay all right i'm gonna check this out later yay yeah, you definitely have to look it up. It's just—it's very short. Uh, it's like a thirty-second clip. He okay. Uh, he he throws the Molotov right in front of the security camera, and then waddles away. Waddles away. All right. Well. All right. Well, with that, I guess we are going to waddle away. Um, I like thank that segue. Right, you like that? That's professional pivot right there. Yeah. You know? Thanks everyone for sticking with us. We ran a little long today, but I enjoyed it. Um, Hopefully, uh, y'all enjoyed listening to us sort of banter towards the end there. Uh, let's see. Yeah. If, uh, shit, this is usually the part where I say something hopeful, but I'm just so depressed. Um, yeah. What, what do I usually say, Jay? It's like, yeah, do something nice for somebody. Maybe donate to a local charity. Keep your heads Volunteer up. Volunteer your time. Volunteer your time. Even like, you know, if you've got a lot of followers on social media, find a good cause and amplify that message too. You know, and until then, uh, keep your heads down and um, avoid rail, red pill 78 news <laughs> or something like that. I got nothing. All right. Later, everybody. <laughs>